I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. <laughs> You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Welcome to For the Lord, this Roger coming to you on Tuesday, August 23rd for our GamesCon wrap-up. We've got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about about GamesCon. And then after the break, we're actually going to touch on some of the WoW news that we got. Because, quite frankly, what they're talking about doing with 4.3 is worth taking quite a bit of time, as Joe definitely agrees. And of course, we've got the boys back. Joe and Vince, how are you guys doing? I'm doing fine, considering I'm going to be homeless soon. But oh, it's all good. It's not just yet. I mean, I am quite certain that you can find a refrigerator, refrigerator box and Jerry rig an outlet. Either that or run an extension cord through it to like a restaurant in an alley or whatever. And you're good to go. Really? See, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break into a Panera like after their clothes and just like set up shop in the storeroom because they have free Internet. So I can keep podcasting and gaming and then like have all of the, you know, all the free stuff from, you know, eating food at Panera. It'd be great. Just like steal their food, bread and stuff. It'd be, you know, it's all good. You can survive. I can. Yeah, I'll, I'll survive. You got seven days to find a place. That's and a ton of fat to burn through. So I'm good. It'll be great. Let's be honest here, okay? Everybody, we're joking around and all that. But you've already told me that someone said, if you can't find a place right away, you can come and crash in my place. Yeah, yeah. So really, what is the big panic kind of? I don't of know right? how long that's going to happen though, because you know I have a cat and they're allergic to a cat, so it's I'd be, be fun more times. worried about the ass stains <laughs> on the couch than the cat. That that would be what keeps you out of my house. Okay, the cat can stay. You can go. Either that or put a towel under you when you sit down. <laughs> so <laughs> I have no clue where that came from, but okay. <laughs> It's just what I assume. So, anyways, we you know do. What happens when you make an assumption, Roger? You make an ass out of you and umption. No, actually, I made an ass out of you too, and that's what brought me to that ass stain. You got to make those freaking mental leaps to get to where I am at. Okay, let's talk about Gamescom because there is a lot that happened there. Now, when you guys are listening to this, know that we're not going to talk about every single thing that happened. Obviously. Because, quite frankly, there's just not enough time to go through everything. I don't know what it would have liked to actually, what it would have been like to actually be there, because there's so much going on. It's so frantic. But even from our perspective, looking at all the videos that come out and everything, it's it's insane. Um, I know that we'll start off with one of the the ones that Joe, you were really most looking forward to, and. We were as well to just see what the footage would be like, the gameplay footage and whatnot. And that was the competition right off the bat that was the Dota 2. So what did you think of that? Well, first of all, um, it was about as visually stunning as I expected it to be. It's a lot more texture than the other games that have come out in the Dota trend, such as League of Legends or Han. Um, And it had a lot of uh, the staple champions that we got used to in the 
the first Dota and some revamps with them. Um, and it was kind of funny because as I was watching the the live competition and I was watching the stream, um, it, we, a bunch of us were sitting in on Mumble talking to like people that have never played Dota before, had no clue what it was, and trying to explain like the strategy involved and what the different uh, heroes can do and why certain combinations were just purely imbalanced. Um, it's for those of you who don't know, Dota 2 is the sequel to the original Defense of the Ancients, which was a game mode in Warcraft 3. Players will you basically assume the role of a hero that gains experience points as the game progresses. Wave of minions spawn from each base and make their way towards the enemy bases. Towers and other obstacles stand in your way as well as neutral minions that you have to kill and you can get buffs from. Um, and your job is to push heroes back while destroying the towers in order to completely decimate their base. Um, the first view of the long-awaited sequel really did happen at, like you said, that, that initial moment. It was that tournament, which was a million-dollar purse. Which is which insane. A million dollars to play a game. million dollars for essentially four brackets, right? Um, it was won by Natus, uh, can't pronounce this, Natus Vinceri, an eSport multi-gaming organization based in the Ukraine. Um, but it was really interesting because all the same combinations that, you know, we're used to, like the different team ups, like there's a hero called Tiny and essentially he's like a little rock elemental and he's got one really big arm and one really tiny arm. Uh, so he looks kind of like the guy from that, uh, weird M. Night Shyamalan movie that had like only worked out one half of his body um, and he throws whatever's closest to him right and there is the uh, hero called Lion and he just looks like Ganondorf um, and his ultimate is like this huge nuke where he just deals like 400,000 points of damage to one target so the trick is like to have Tiny next to Lion and throw Lion because you can throw whatever's closest to you so Lion lands on a hero does damage then drops his nuke it's like an instant kill and it was just like watching how they were like dancing with the minions and everything getting it all set up and the different pushes and I don't know it was it was, it was very interesting um, I'm looking forward to it I hope that it will be out relatively soonish because it looks like it's already ready to rock and roll and I kind of want to have it in my play my, my, my play in rotation now what I notice right away too is how gorgeous it is like when you when you're talking about League of Legends I'll, I'll say it again I'm sorry but League of Legends looks like crap. Oh, it looks like ass it is the mechanics are there. terrible exactly um, but it, it looks terrible so when I saw this it was like okay finally yeah it, it looks like something should nowadays and it looked fantastic it looked like it played great and it looked like it would be a ton of fun to play now something I didn't notice I noticed them scrolling through a lot of different heroes and whatnot did they actually say how many heroes there are no but the thing is the 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 whole dota format essentially is you're gonna have the heroes that start there's probably gonna be something like somewhere between 16 and 24 if i had a hazard a guess um and what's gonna wind up happening is as the game progresses new heroes will be released um and they haven't really commented on how they're gonna work like right now in league of legends and and uh, heroes of new earth you earn points and you can either buy points from the company um, it's Riot points for League of Legends or gold coins from Han, uh, or you can just earn points by playing games and you can spend those points to unlock new heroes. Um, and both Han and League of Legends do what's called a hero rotation. So there's a certain amount of free heroes every week so you don't have to buy anymore. Um, when both games were released, the set of heroes that were there were just there for everybody that had the game. So you basically had access to everything uh, minus like a couple that were introduced later on. Um, I think Dota is going to wind up being something similar. I think they're going to have uh, a group of heroes that are like, you know, your staples. So somewhere between like 16 and 24, those will be like the baseline. And then 
you're going to get more release this time goes on probably in batches of three and four and those will wind up either costing you points that you're in a game or costing like a small dlc or whatever depending on how valve does it i'm thinking um, it's going to be pay because especially what they're doing with the team fortress 2 store right now yeah to be able to buy too. a lot of stuff i'm thinking it's going to be the same thing with this where you're going to be able to to buy now the, the thing with the store too with the team fortress 2 is that you can still you can still craft the things yourself or happen upon them or whatever so you don't have to feel like you have to spend the money kind of thing so i'm thinking that i'm, I'm hoping the same thing is going to happen here where you can, probably will be yeah you can earn those heroes if you want which takes a long time or plunk down a couple of bucks and buy it see my problem here and I, i'm looking at this from an outsider because this type of game doesn't really appeal to me so i was looking for dota 2 to you know be the big game okay you know this is this is what's going to grab me you know it's the sequel to you know the original if you will so I look at it and it's the same bloody thing. It's the same map that everybody loves. We're not allowed to use a different map that I, that confuses the hell out of me, but whatever. It's the same gameplay, the same tactics and the same long ass games. Like it, it isn't a type of game that really interests me. Well, see, now that's the interesting part, too, because some companies like League of Legends has recognized the length of the game as an issue, right? Yeah. So they're introducing the Dominion play, which is which I do like Dominion mode. And like, yeah, Han doesn't have a Dominion mode. Uh, There is no mention of Dota having a Dominion mode where it's like quicker games, different maps, things like that. And I think that that's going to be the tipping point in this particular genre. It's going to be the maps. It's not just the heroes. The heroes are awesome. And earning new heroes and having new heroes, that's great. But having those different maps, like I can go into a League of Legends map and I can tell you every inch of that 5v5 map uh, intimately. And I know where where to check, where the hiding spots are, where the different vantage points are. Like I have so much control over that map. It's not even funny. When then you go to like, you know, every other game and it's like, oh, it's it's the same map. And that's that's my one gripe about it i want to see more maps and i think that's going to be the tipping point but it, it it's kind of weird to me because from what i'm seeing in the community the vast majority of players don't want anything other than that one map see i agree it's it's not enough it, it, there's not enough different maps but for me more so than that it is the time because it's it's weird because i don't have a problem sinking a half hour into you know doing some dailies and wow or bouncing into a, a team fortress 2 and playing for for a half hour or, or whatever you know but a half hour for a league of legends and I, it feels too long i'm not having fun anymore i i want this done so i can start another one or whatever and it's especially noticeable when it's not going well and you're stuck in something that is just torturous it's like being in a freaking battleground where you're losing but you're stuck there until the freaking timer goes unless you choose to desert and it's that same kind of feeling and i really don't like that so let's move away from that though because it, it is still something that i i am looking forward to playing and uh but as to whether or not it's going to become a mainstay in my game rotation that will highly depend on the versatility of the, the in terms of the maps and the, the the amount of time per game now let's talk about a game oh dude that i am so plain <laughs> i don't care what happens here i am playing this freaking game now i don't know about you boys because this was kind of hush hush they even said so so this is a section of ncsoft they're they're called carbon carbine studios and they kept this really hush hush for a long time and i noticed that there were a couple of posts that they'd made on their site in early august but 
up until then, I had not even heard whisper of this game. Had you guys? No. No. Okay. Now, complete blindside. Oh, yeah. This game is called Wild Star. Now, I'm going to play the video for the folks in the audience while we are talking about it. Basically, picture Firefly meets Pixar. That's what I took out of this. And when I watched the intro video, literally, I, I, no word of a lie, I was that kid on the tricycle from The Incredibles that threw his <laughs> wow. arms up and went, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I shit you not, that is exactly what I did. This game looks insanely cool it is going to be an mmo and these guys have point blank said listen we are gamers we're not gonna diss other game developers but we've seen what we feel is lacking in those games and we want to put it in our game i mean it's pretty typical that's what most people are going to be saying kind of thing but when you look at what's going on here i know that the intro trailer is just cgi you know make you feel good kind of stuff but it did so much more than that to me i was i've been showing everyone it's like you have to see this but then well, we had the that one video last week wasn't it with the that weird that awesome intro yeah well the the intro was on the first day of gamescon And then after that, they started releasing some stuff for the um, actual gameplay footage. Of course, there's absolutely no UI, so you can't tell what it's going to look like in terms of UI. Except for the marker for the quest, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but... What I took from the actual gameplay is I understand UIs are going to change from now until when they actually release the game. So I'm all right with them not showing it. Uh, also, they're, they want to keep that in their pocket as their surprise of what it's actually going to, to look like. But what I took from it is that it looks as good as what I'd hoped it would look like having watched that trailer. So basically, you're these adventurers space adventurers again i cannot stress enough it's firefly and it looks like pixar and you're these guys because the one guy looks like captain mal and then you got the big guy that's jane and then you got the bunny girl that's freaking kaylee because apparently again it's a it's a bunny girl in an nc soft game so she's freaking hot too i'll tell you that much and it was funny because (laughs) when i was watching the gameplay footage they each have their 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 abilities and whatnot, and they didn't show all of the classes, but they showed the ones that were in the trailer. So you got the one, the shooter guy, DPS shooter guy, who is can has like to teleport that he can use and whatnot. And then there's the great big soldier type guy, and then the bunny is this wicked ass freaking jumping around kind of thing, and she can do these ethereal swords that she just whoosh, sends off and then when she changes colors when she's healing or something and it was basically again i when i saw the video i told my son if this is even a portion as good as what i'm hoping it's going to look like and play like i'm playing it it's that simple and then i saw the the, the freaking gameplay and it was like sold sold this that's it <laughs> this was for me the highlight of freaking games gone and it had just started yeah i had seen a video uh, like a day or two after the trailer came out of somebody playing the game. And, you know, the UI is, you know, it's a MMO UI. It's pretty standard. And I'm watching it and I was like, oh, this is kind of boring. But, you know, I, I've come to realize, you know, he probably just started touching the game for the first time and he was just sitting there hitting the one key over and over again or something. But this video, oh, yeah, because it 
it seems like it's this cool uh, amalgamation between, you know, the typical hotkey based combat and kind of some of what Terra is doing with adding a lot of motion and movement into the contact combat. And like, you see Pixar. For me, I see more like a Jack and Daxter sort of sort of influence on this game with the art style and just the world itself, how uh, there's there's freaking platforming segments in an MMO. I I think that's really cool. The characters can double jump. Some MMOs, your characters can't even single jump. So there, there, there's a lot of cool little things they're adding on top of, you know, the the tried and true. I don't, I don't want to say tired at this point, but approaching that MMO gameplay that's really interesting me about this. Yeah, I can't wait, honestly. Like, just watching this video and looking at the different abilities and uh, particularly really interested in the, the, the bunny cat girl thingy. Uh, she's obviously the spellcaster, both offensively and defensively. Yeah. And it's really kind of interesting because it looks like she can swap on the fly. Um, also, the uh, the whole gold ultimate mode. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Super Saiyan. <laughs> yeah. Like she just freaking goes Super Saiyan, which I guess is appropriate for this type of game and like wrecks face and then like, you know, goes back to healing. It's just it's kind of cool because it just looks interesting. And you know what it actually reminds me of? It reminds me a lot of like Fantasy Star Online mm-hmm. um, as far as like the, the whole weird monsters in space and, and everything like that, um, kind of. And I really can't wait to get my hands on this. Like, I really want to play this game. It's funny because I was when you see the trailer and again, you get the, the chesty bunny girl and it's typical kind of Eastern thing that they put in a game. And yet. And I was thinking, uh, there's no way in hell I'd play that character. Not because I have a problem playing female characters, because I got a bunch of... My main is a female character. I give a rat's ass. But this one here, I kind of thought, uh, no, it's going to be too cliched and stupid. Then I saw her playing. And it was like, when he's doing his dodges and stuff, you're going, oh, cool. Because you can dodge attacks and whatnot. Yep. And when I see her dodge, though, it's like, boing. And she's like out of the way. And I was like, oh, my God. That was so freaking cool. And the tail is whipping and stuff. And then when the combat is going on and you're seeing her doing what, again, appears to be both um, uh, like ranged DPS and then as well doing the healing stuff. And it is on the fly. And well, Joe and I both are always on the lookout for new ways of playing a healing class, playing a, seeing what a development company can do with that kind of role differently than what has already been done. And let us enjoy playing that role. And that's her. Yeah. And, and what's cool about it to me is like I wrote uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of words uh, based around like the the whole making a, a healing class new and interesting. He only and, spell checked about a hundred of them though. Yeah, you know, clearly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't have time. Anyway, uh, but no, like it's just it's interesting to see like those those sort of breaking the mold healing classes are starting to come out now, and that really makes me happy. Yeah, it is a very interesting game for me i can see how some other people may think yeah but it still appears to be pretty standard mmo and i think that we're at a point where we're seeing some games that are breaking the mold to a certain degree but it's as if every game is trying to break the mold only one section of the mold you know we're going to make it so that it's it's a action-based um combat but everything else is going to be the same 
questing and, and everything else is going to be the same. Or we're going to make it fully voiced, but the combat's going to be the same. And you know what I mean? Everybody's doing still a lot of the same things. And I think that we, I, at least myself, I finally accept that we're not getting the next gen of MMOs for a while yet. We're going to get a, a the next iteration of it, but we're not getting next gen where we're going to get one game that does it all differently and all better. It's going to be a while. So when I look at this, I'm all right with that then. I, I It's kind of, I, I've come to peace with it. And as long as you can give me interesting stories with interesting characters and this to me really looks like it might be that i'm more excited about this <laughs> and this just came on my radar i'm see that little jump that she did awesome um i'm more excited about this than a lot of the big tier triple a titles that are coming out i agree i'm starting to get really dis disenfranchised with a lot of the the triple a titles and Little ones like this are really starting to catch my attention. Like I said before, it's the rise of the third-party game. So let's talk now about one of the AAA titles that actually did not disappoint and that we saw Oof. a ton <laughs> of at E3, and that, of course, was Guild Wars 2. Now, if you'll recall, and if you guys don't believe me, go back in the show notes to... Shit, I think it was our first Christmas, so we're talking a couple of years ago now, years, where yeah. we talked about the games that were going to be coming out that we thought could potentially be the Wild Killers at the time. It wasn't named as such, but we, we kind of threw it in as we were talking about it. And I said, I think that if any game were to be for me and for a lot of other people, the Wild Killer, it would be Guild Wars 2. And sure enough, as we're seeing more and more stuff from them, it is insane. And now, whether we're talking about full-on gameplay, whether we're talking about the lore, which, oh my God, the lore Q&A, I, I was like, again, having read the books, I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Oh, awesome. And then <laughs> when I read about the PvP and I watched the PvP videos, when I initially, when we just talked about this, when we were talking about the PvP, I was not that excited. Now, having seen everything that they're doing <laughs> with PvP, I am freaking, I'm hooked. This is going to consume my soul for a long time. Now, Vince, you watched this entire 40-minute video, right? Uh, yeah, and as anybody who was following me on Twitter at the time noticed, man, I was blown away. And that was before they finished the character creation in the video. Like just, I mean, just the options for creating a character. I mean, the, the races are all unique and cool. And it, even like the, the character creation UI, instead of having a slider for beard one, beard two, beard three, it just shows you a freaking picture. Pick the one you like. <laughs> I can't really think of any other game that's done it that way. And now that I've seen this. I can't think why anybody else wouldn't and the, all the options they put in for after you've created your character and actually creating the backstory to your character, you know, who your parents were, what, what clans do you, do you support? What kind of, you know, how do you think, what, what do you, what are you striving for? And knowing how they're saying how that's all going to tie into the actual progression of the game and your quests and how people react to you. That alone was amazing. See, that tied in with the novels. So, and of course, the, the lore from the first one as well. But when you read the novels and you, especially the second novel, and you see a lot more of the, um, the history of the char and what 
how it works with their quote unquote families, their their war bands that they belong to and things like that. So and that defines a lot of who they are and defines a lot of their relationship with the other war bands, with other people and everything like that. So to see that they took the time to put that in the game so that the choices that you make will actually have an impact on your character in that game and how people react to you as well based on which you know which again which war band, war band you are and which legion and things like that it was like really that's the attention to detail i want to see from the get-go the game is nothing but attentive to detail and that's one of the things you can see for from anybody who's played the game and gotten to sit down with it myself malagash um to anybody who's just watched the videos um, everybody's been super excited about the depth of character creation and the attention to detail because there is a lot of attention to detail, including picking your character voice. Well, attention to detail, you can find the gravestone of one of the characters that's in the novels. Yes. Oh my God, are yes, you, you kidding me? That they was also, there's also awesome. quests. There's also quests that will talk about characters from the novels. Um, there is like the storytellers in certain zones that will talk about characters from the novels. Like it, it sounds really silly, but when you read the books in like Storm Rage and 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 Thrall for World of Warcraft, and you go back to the game, you might see a little bit of it, but not quite like this. When I was playing as a Norn thief um, before, you know, the ice worm came to town and everything went to, you know, the shit. There was a storyteller telling to the kids in the village and the people in the village around a fire of the deeds of a great champion. And I went back and researched it. And sure enough, it happened to be somebody from one of the books. I probably so, know I mean, who they're talking about then. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was just, it's just sort of that that sort of interactivity b between in and out of game that really shows that Arena Nets, um, at least everybody that's in charge of the story, um, is interacting both in the game and out of the game. It's you know what I mean? It's not quite like the uh, what we've gotten from the novels with like Dragon Age versus what the Dragon Age Awakening and stuff were. You know? Well, did you guys get a chance to look at the lore Q&A video? I did not finish the whole thing. Okay. Vince? I actually didn't even. Okay. Because you know, I'm, I'm just not as familiar with the lore no, as you no, guys. So that's I was, cool. I was kind of lost. <laughs> it's very cool because they talk to the two people that are basically in charge of the, the lore. And She's really they, nice, though. I know that much. It's, they're awesome. And... It was cool because they talked about what it was. Well, basically, Reese uh, Sosby, um, what it was like working with the authors because they had to keep going back and forth with them, especially with the author of the second novel, so that the information was accurate. Because there's one scene where Silvari is talking about reminiscing about different things with two other characters, important characters, and on the fly, they were actually changing at the time they were doing the redesign of the Silvari. So she had to work with them so that they actually changed that story that they were saying in the book and again you, you wouldn't think that that's a big deal but i mean it is it's making sure that the lore throughout is consistent and actually has a huge impact if you read those books which again i cannot stress this enough folks read the books and what we found out as well is that this one of the the, the two people in charge of the lore is going to be writing the third book and she's working on it right now now that means that the, the lore is going to be spot on obviously but I'm, I'm hoping that her abilities as a writer it, are, are as good as that of the first two writers. I think she can hold her own on that one just based on the list of books that she was carrying with her when she was, you know, at PAX East. Um, but like between her and John Ryan, I was I'm just very happy with the fact that 
they are very eloquent in the way that they present their ideas. Even when they're just speaking about it, you can tell that like they're not the typical creative mind where it's like stuttering and, you know, kind of lost in their own head. They, they know what they, they have a very clear vision of what they want the story to be, at least from their perspectives and can articulate that properly. And that makes me very happy. Okay. Vince, what else did you take from the video? Um, when they were starting off and showing off the, uh, just the dynamicness of the world when you have all the NPCs running around and, you know, how is the one to just, you know, at the time happen to be standing next to that grave, that, uh, that crypt. And, you know, you go in there, you fight the ghosts. And then when the ghost possessed that statue yes, and the, the camera yeah. pulled out to a freaking wide angle <laughs> and this huge epic boss fight, you know, smashing hammers and throwing rocks. <laughs> I love how the developer at the time went, by the way, we're still level one. <laughs> The game Just, has a very I, epic feel right from the beginning, too, which is... See, that's something that I said about with, with Guild Wars as well. I mean, again, it doesn't seem like much. And in retrospect, you're looking at it, it's, it's not really a big little dragon kind of thing. But you battle that little drake in the pond right away. And then you go into the crypts at a very, very low level. And you fight these freaking unbelievable looking boss. And that's what I think is important because even though it's... It's not as difficult a boss to beat, say, doesn't have as many hit points or whatever. They still don't skimp out in the overall effect of the boss. The effect is still huge. It's still a, a, a very powerful presence, even though it's not as difficult to beat because you can do it on, you know, level ones and such. To me, that means a lot. That means that you're creating immersion and grandness and scope right from the get go for your audience. Okay, let's talk about the PvP system now, too, because, again, it's one of those things that they they really demoed the crap out of it, and I think justifiably. There was a competition between uh, ArenaNet as well and uh, a clan, and it was a blast to watch. I really enjoyed it, and it, it did sell me on their PvP. What did you guys think? Okay, well, just the uh, the destructible environments just add that whole new spin on, you know, traditional MMO PVP. It's stuff that we're, you know, really just starting to see now in a lot of uh, shooter type games where the environment in and of itself is, is a character involved and you can vastly change the outcome of a battle just by blowing crap up. So putting that in an MMO setting with the giant freaking catapults and and reckon just the objectives like that's really really cool for me it adds another layer of strategy too right and that's one thing that we've been asking for for a long time and basically every pvp encounter in every game ever was to have that extra layer of strategy destructible buildings ones that you can you know defend and that you know you can take away from your enemy to reduce whatever advantage that, that might pose for them and having that sort of dynamic pvp combat is just at this point, I think it's necessary, really, especially when you consider um, some of the best first person shooter player versus player games have that had that for years, putting it into an MMO, especially where there's going to be large amounts of people in those PvP zones. It just makes sense at this point. It really does. It was like the next logical evolution. So OK, speak. let's just quickly touch then on anything else with Guild Wars that we were really impressed with before we move on. Honestly, we could spend a lot of time <laughs> on just the Guild Wars 2. I mean, that says a lot right there, because what we saw was just brilliant on 
for everything, there was nothing that I saw that I thought, eh, that's kind of lacking. I, even when you're looking at the questing, where when they're accepting quests, or they're talking to people, and you get the two of them standing beside each other kind of thing, and this whole kind of scene it plays out there and you get the, the the text coming up to read it's just enough to make it interesting versus just presenting the wall of text kind of thing you know what i mean so i don't know i from everything that i saw including the uh, the instances that happen periodically like when they were fighting that bone dragon which is oh, a, a little this is a little dragon and it's this monstrous freaking undead thing it was just it, it, it showed you right off the bat, which is something that they've been saying time and time again, is they want it to be where when you're working with other people, you're not feeling that they're stealing your quest or anything. You're glad to see them there. You're glad to work as a team. And that's something that we saw in especially that. And But we also saw how it can fail when you have too many people that are more interested in going toe-to-toe with the dragon versus actually being strategic <laughs> and using the goddamn turrets all over the place. But I again, can kill the dragon with my knife damn it yeah good luck with that the freaking finger thing that comes out of the ground is going to take your ass out <laughs> the biggest thing that i've been loving so far about everything about guild wars not just the content not the dynamic events nothing like that it's been the ui and i it really is something like even like you can see it showcase a lot more in this video than some of the other ones that they've had how the ui grows how everything is placed Everything is logically laid out. Your quest objectives are, are set up in the upper right-hand corner, out of the way, so they're there if you need them, but you can easily ignore them. Your map is out of the way in the bottom right-hand corner, near where you're probably going to need to look at it frequently, but it's not so far out of the way that you're losing track of the center of the screen, where your character in combat is, your health is, your abilities are. Um, I love the fact that you can lock your individual buttons on the bars as well. You can swap your skills around, or you can lock it so that nothing just, you know, went out of business so to speak like you're not just dropping it um in the middle of combat like accidentally dragging off the bars it is a well thought out layout a very very beautiful ui that does not detract from the game but allows you to stay immersed in it with still having all the information you need easily accessible on your screen and that's huge to me vince underwater combat awesome you're really interested in that it's it's different and you know, how you you have your unique weapons for underwater and how they're adding the third dimension into combat, which it's it's cool. See, I look at underwater water combat and I think of Vashir in, in WoW, and it is the zone that, that most so. place most people hate hey. that unless they play a druid. If they play a druid, then they love it, like myself. But everybody else hates it. So I'm wondering, is the the gameplay of the underwater in Guild Wars Two going to be similar to that? again druid form of playing or is it going to be what everybody else experienced and absolutely detested so i'm actually not looking forward to underwater combat i say you dive into the water you get your little rebreather your your flippers and you automatically switch to a trident weapon that has unique attacks that's cool to me well all all weapons have unique abilities attached to them so it doesn't matter one of the cool things about it too is that you can have different weapon sets um, as you're going through. So even if you're in the middle of like just the regular world, you can swap weapons on the fly and have a whole different set of skills available to you right away. Um, so yeah, that thing, that's pretty cool. The underwater stuff, eh, I can take it or leave it. I'm with Roger. Um, I didn't care for it in any other game that I've played with it so far. So not one of the things I'm looking forward to. 
that's why it does because it, it's completely different from any other game that's done underwater combat. And I'm just you, 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 want, you want to move on, so I'll let you. That's all right. No, no, it, it, and it is something that I'm very curious about how they're going to be doing it because it can be done poorly or very well and I'm, I'm curious how it's going to go i mean looking at what they're saying yeah it looks like they're going to be doing a lot of cool things with it but it's gonna i we need to get our hands on it to actually decide okay let's step away from there now and let's touch on some blizzard news because they had a presence there as well and they were talking about diablo 3 uh joe you want to take this one certainly uh, when you're done, your sip of whatever it is that you're drinking. <laughs> uh, Blizzard Entertainment game director Jay Wilson uh, talked at GamesCon, and he revealed there that there is going to be an even harder level tacked on to the end of Diablo 3 for players to reach the max level of 60. They're calling it Inferno Mode. Um, all of the creatures in this level will be a minimum of level 61, meaning it will be an insanely tough challenge when going up against the bosses in Inferno. Um, they want to make certain that you get compensated for your efforts, so there's going to be tons of awesome drops uh, that are only available in Inferno mode, which, you know, means that people are going to make a lot more money in that real-life auction house there, um, as well as more drops of the hard-to-get items in lower difficulty levels. Um, they're basically trying to keep people from doing the whole Mephisto run uh, gameplay, which is basically you just, you know, essentially completely decimate an entire zone, and you had to do it multiple times uh, just to be able to get to where you needed to go. So, yeah, I don't think you need to explain a Mephisto run to most yeah, people. That's, stop. <laughs> yeah, I need a drink. See, I actually, when I read this, it's such a little thing and it's really not a big deal. But what I read from this was exactly what they wanted me to read was that you're not going to have to do a Mephisto run. You're not going to, excuse me, you're not going to have to do the same thing over and over again for those drops that you want. You can go and kill that freaking hamster over there that just happens to be a level 61 hamster, and he's going to drop something cool. So you can actually play the entirety of maps and enjoy them a lot more, knowing that you don't just have to rush through to get to the boss. You can, you know, you have a good chance of getting the drops that you want as you're going through because everything's going to be that much tougher. So especially for this game right now that I am so humming and hawing about, I really want to love the shit out of this game. Not just a little. Dude, I want to love this so hard, it's unbelievable. And yet there's certain things that keep coming out that make me kind of go, ah, Blizzard, why are you making it hard for me to love this? So this here, even though it wasn't a lot, was enough that it was like, okay, that won me over a little bit. That's that's cool, and I'm happy to hear that. There is no hamster level. There no, no it, it, there, but there might be hamster creatures, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying I'm, I'm, big axes. Oh, that's Terra. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know. I, I This doesn't really do anything to make me want to play the game anymore. I mean, I wanted to play the game a lot when I first got to see it and hear about it. But, like, even this, like, the recent changes are kind of, like, pulling me further and further and further away from it. And this doesn't do anything to, for added, you know, desire for me. It's like, eh, I can take Inferno mode or I can leave it. I tried the hard mode ladder, uh, the hardcore ladder mode in Diablo 2 back in the day and went through many mice trying to, you know, survive there. And I don't know. I just I don't think it's uh, for me. That's not where I'm at anymore. See, the thing that I like about this, though, is that it's not the hardcore. You don't have to worry about that if you're going in this, at least so far as what we've read so far, that you're not if you die, you're not done. It's just that extra layer of difficulty on top that's going to be 
harder than you know what your level 60 could potentially do on their own if they're not well enough geared and stuff like that again i i tried to equate it to a certain degree i'm trying to blend the way that i'm thinking about it with classic d2 as well as say wow so here is a mode where if i work hard on my character get them to level 60 and then gear them out as best i can just playing out with 60 i can then do the inferno mode which i equate to like you know the, the heroics or or a, a raid that i can solo kind of thing not a high level tier raid but you know something so it'll be harder but i can do it if i prepare and i can do it on my own and to me that means a lot because that's what this game yes it's going to be something that you can play with other people but of course it is also going to be the game that you want to play by yourself just to go in and and, and bounce in and, and kill shit so that's how I'm looking at it. Now, moving away from that, though, they also did say that they are very much hard at work on trying to bring D3 to consoles as well. So, I don't know. See, I, I've always been, I know that, Vince, you prefer consoles. I'm much more of a PC gamer. So, is for, this something that actually you would like? For this type of game, I would prefer PC. But... I played Torchlight on Xbox. I was going to say it was great. It like, was awesome. I, I, I prefer the PC version, but if they can pull off that same experience, there's no reason not to. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Does it seem maybe that they're almost like they're terrified of Torchlight Two at this point? <laughs> at this point, they better yeah. be. <laughs> they need to be. <laughs> they I, honestly, at this point, they 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 should be really. Torchlight should not be that little game that could that the, you know they they kind of look at and say good for you guys you little, did good that game that I, I got some great quotes for you on that <laughs> now it's a freaking game that could destroy decimate your sales and laugh at you so I mean you they got to take it seriously so actually let's talk about some Torchlight now then because Vince you got some stuff that you were going to talk about with the videos. Yes, uh, we got some uh, gameplay impressions and interview with, of course, the wonderful Max Schaefer, who is always entertaining. And of yes. course, he get he gets that th those nice little ribs in on Blizzard, you know, detailing all of the uh, qualities of Torchlight. You know, oh, we have land play. You know, we've, you can play online, you can play offline. You know, you can blah blah blah. You know, all the stuff that Diablo Three isn't doing. So you got that ribbing out there. But one of the cool things in this interview when he was talking about how, you know, they got the first torchlight out there and then this is the one that really expands on the world and, and it does all the all the stuff that we, we see it's doing. And the interviewer asks him, he's like, oh, so this is kind of like your Diablo 2. And he's like, well, Diablo 2 was my Diablo 2. <laughs> he's like, what? You yeah, know, five, like good, ten. Good, get another person doing the interview did his research. It's like five, ten years <laughs> Well, no, he, he, he knew it was just I'm making yeah, a joke. Yeah. Five, ten years from now, maybe I'll look back and have to reassess which of these games actually is my Diablo. And that just shows you how much he loves Torchlight and how much he believes in it compared to what they're doing at that other company. I, they, they were talking about, uh, you know, release date. We know it's coming up in September or October ish. It's like, oh, that, that's good because. That means you get it out there before Diablo 3 comes out. He's like, yeah, that's great, because if Diablo 3 came out first, we would have to delay Torchlight even more because we'd all be playing Diablo 3. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then we'd have to, you know, set, give some of our paychecks to buy that new sword and just all the little 
stuff that they're they're throwing out there. It was very entertaining just hearing Max Schaefer's take on you know, the the Diablo changes. But I mean, on top of that, we just get great gameplay. We see the Berserker going in there doing their thing. Uh, the Outlander just that seems like a really cool class to play. And then I saw that they have uh, officially renamed the Railman to yes. the Engineer. So there, there, there's more coming from Torchlight. I uh, haven't seen uh, that much yet. There, there's definitely more we might talk about next week, but really, really liking what I'm seeing here. And I do have to say I'm leaning more towards this in Diablo 3 if I had to pick between the two. Well, the thing is, is that you don't really have to pick. It's going to be reasonable. It's going to be reasonably priced game, as we know. Oh, no, that's that's one more thing. They said that uh, it will be somewhere in the twenty to thirty dollar range. So that is a reasonably priced game. That's more than reasonable. So that's exactly this is not even a well, maybe I'll pick it up. You know what? Like, I'm going to be picking this up for myself, for my son, for my daughter. Hell, I'll pick it up for my my, the other kids and my wife if they want to play, because at that price, it's like you're damn right. And not just that, but I'm looking at it that as I know that they've got a little bit more under their belt right now, but they are still a small company. I like being able to support them. I, we know them. We know they're fantastic guys. You know what? Here, take my money. I will gladly support you guys in this endeavor, and I know that I'm going to get my money's worth and then some. And then on top of that, once the once the modding community gets a hold oh, of yes. the new Torched Ed, I mean, we're going to be seeing insane stuff, and I'm hoping that's what's going to happen. I'm hoping that we're going to see some really crazy-ass levels that you'll then... I mean, again, consider what D2 would have been if we would have had a tool like that that they could create whatever. Look at at Neverwinter Nights 2. Yep. Look look what happened that with mod community when you had a good game and a solid group of development tools given to the hands of the players. Torchlight 2 is taking that. It's taking that... That awesome gameplay, that those amazing graphics for the for the game that it is, because let's face it, it doesn't matter how quick and easy they say it was. The graphics are awesome. They're very vibrant. They're very bright. The spell effects are cool. Um, It's going to be a reasonably priced game with a powerhouse editor tool for content with an online mode. There's going to be so much insanity out there for this game. How can you just I don't know. It's brilliant. And and they've said that you can. uh use the same character both online offline uh however you want to use the character you you can carry it through from one game mode to the next it's funny because when you compare these guys to blizzard and it's not really a a fair comparison but you know what they're all freaking devs it's fair enough when you're looking at runic versus blizzard all we're here it is we just want to create shit that's fun for you guys to play we just want you guys to have a fantastic time it's not about all the little intricacies that blizzard is doing and having to consider everything with the 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 auction that they're doing and everything else no they just want to make a fun game for us to play and for me that's huge Again, I want to support these guys. I am so looking forward to playing this game. It's unbelievable. I, I'm going to hold a Torchlight 2 release party as a land <laughs> in my apartment when I find the new one. When you find an apartment. When I find a new one. So, <laughs> Torchlight 2 at the Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody come to Panera. We're all playing Torchlight 2. Bring 10 bucks for a coffee. Okay, let's talk now Please about some uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you watch me play Torchlight for a coffee. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, We saw some Torchlight here. Now, with actually Torchlight, or sorry, Torchlight, Uncharted 3, I should say. Um, 
we've already seen so much of it that at this point I'm at I'm at the, the stage now where it's just just give me the game. I'll play it. You got me. It's not a big <laughs> deal. I don't need to see any more. I already know it's awesome. That's cool. Uh, my son is actually taken to playing the the second one now. He finishes the, the the first one as well, and now he's playing the second one. And it's funny because I'm I work at home, and and because of the still the knee surgery, I work at the kitchen table. I got my leg up with icing and whatnot, and I can see then right over the the sofa the the, the big screen TV. And so while I'm working, what's my son doing? He's playing freaking Uncharted 2. <laughs> you want to talk about a little distracting? He's having a blast. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. Oh, watch out for there. And it's been great watching it again because it's been getting me excited for the characters again, which I, as much as I was excited for the game, I needed this. So now I'm like really hyped for it. But what actually really got me excited at Gamescon was actually the, the Vita version that they demoed they talked about uh, golden abyss there and they had a new trailer for it, which i'm going to play for the audience here i'm going to make sure the volume's off and it showed off some of the new characters that you're going to be dealing with and that's a big one in uncharted games are those characters that you're going to interact with because they actually are very well written most of the time they're characters that you love spending time with, and they they add a lot to the gameplay. It's not just the gameplay and how the the device is going to play it. It's also the characters that you're going to be sen- spending so much time with. And this video, I loved this video. I loved it. The it looks awesome. The gameplay is solid, and then the writing appears to be spot on. It just looks like it's going to be a ton of fun to play in a nice little handheld which oh, i'm so owning this unlike the freaking 3ds that even on sale i kind of went eh, I told the wife not to buy it. this sucker i'm looking at it, it's like oh it's bought it's freaking bought day one i'm buying one i mean it looks as good as the first uncharted on the ps3 which that's a freaking accomplishment for a handheld where's sully i i i i want it <laughs> like I, honestly like this is one of the main reasons i want to buy a goddamn vita <laughs> Like not, I, I just I want Uncharted. I want Uncharted on the Vita. I want Uncharted three on my on the PS three. I want I want it. I want my Indiana Jones that doesn't have fucking aliens in it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, with with the Vita as well, the way that I'm looking at it at is that if this IP does well on the Vita, then we can definitely expect more of the same. We already know that. Well, I shouldn't say we already know. It 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 stands to reason that we're going to be seeing perhaps some Bioshock at some point on it. And then if this does well as well, then we're looking at seeing more of these types of you know action RPGs on there. And that's the kind of game that I really want to play on a handheld. And this sucker, because of, again, the dual analog sticks, you can do your shooting accurately and well and things like that, like Ken Levine was saying. So you can put these action-type games that aren't just platformers, that you can have, a again, a shit ton of fun playing. Okay, you guys got nothing else. Let's move on. Yeah. Did you guys watch the video on Asta? And, and, yeah. and more importantly, had you even heard of the game before this? Not a clue. No. Okay, so it is a, an Eastern game. It's interesting because they're trying to put a lot of Eastern influences in the game, which is cool. I, I kind of really dig that stuff. So 
when I heard that, I, I was like, okay, this, this would be interesting. And there's a lot of theology and spirituality in it too. And I was thinking, okay, even better. But then they're talking more and it's like, you're finding out even when they're saying it's not really, you know, a next gen MMO. It's, it's really sticking like they say too, to the, to the tried and true of what <laughs> gamers know where they can just select something and click a button so that they can kill it. And it's very simple. And it's at that point, they kind of lost me because up until then it was like, eh, I could give that a shot. And then the, the more they talked, the more I thought, Eesh, it's just going to be the same as what we've seen time and time again. There's there's a fine line, right? You have two different camps that you can be in. You can either be the one that produces the game that follows all the bullet points and goes through and and hits everything in that that checklist and that sort of outline that's out there for the perfect game. You follow the formula, you don't change anything, and you make your money and you go home because everybody's going to play the game that they know at some point. It's going to have a different visual effect or whatever, and they're just people are going to buy it and try it or whatever. You're still going to make some money on it. Or you could be the person that takes the chance and completely tries to innovate something and go out on a limb. And while we're seeing more of that now, it's a hard mentality to break, especially, and I hate to say this, um, for those Eastern games. It's a trend that I'm noticing. Aside from some ones that have slipped through, like Catherine, um, most of them you can kind of predict where they're going to go, especially if they're like an RPG or an MMO. They'll follow the same kind of formula. And I've been playing a lot of... Uh, Eastern style MMOs lately because they've been just on they've been either free to play or you know whatever to try out and it's all the same formula and so I kind of didn't uh, you said you it lost you when you said that it lost me when it said that too but I don't think it's going to lose it for everybody I think there are still people that are going to be drawn to the visual effects the art style and will still play the game and I think that's what they're banking on Oh, the art style was killer. I, I will say that. I loved the art style. And they said, too, they were trying to keep it more simple and stylish. And I think they did do a good job of that. Vince? Yeah, I, I like the concept. I absolutely love the style. You know, I'm like you, Raj. I'm really into the, you know, the Eastern culture. And we, we haven't seen a lot. Well, we've seen a lot of MMO games come out of the East. We haven't seen really anything that captures the culture, which I, I think is really cool here, at least not that I've played. But... <laughs> The quote that really, really what made me go uh, was how the the game is aimed at players, quote, who are not very good at controlling the keyboard, keyboard and mouse, and mouse. simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> it's for all those one armed people, basically, is what it is. I, I don't want the preschool version of WoW. I mean, like it, it it's. I can put up with simplistic gameplay for a good story and a good concept but only for so long. And that amount of time really is directly proportionate to how simplistic the gameplay is. And see, before we move on, the, the one criteria that I have right now when I'm looking at an MMO is, is this worth my time versus the next MMO that's going to be coming up in a week? There, This is the, everybody's seen this as the money train right now. Let's create an MMO. Look at how well Blizzard is doing. They're printing their own money and we'll be breaking it in. And we've seen so many of them fail at it. And people have to realize right now that just because it's an MMO doesn't mean that you're going to get people on for a long time. Some people may only use the one free month that comes with the game and then never subscribe beyond that. So you better bring your freaking A game from the get go. And unfortunately, I'm looking at a game like this and I'm thinking again, well, how many subscription it's subscriptions and am I going to keep active? And it's not that many. Again, it costs a lot. So 
again, if you're going to be an MMO, you better do something different, in my opinion. Banking on doing the same thing that everybody else has done is not going to get you the amount of subscriptions you need to continue. So let's move away from there. We're only going to touch ever so briefly on Skyrim, unless you guys have something to say. Just because they released some pictures, I'm showing them here for the folks who are watching live. Um, they were they were originally on Kotaku. Basically, it's just giving us a um, a look at the character creation of what you can create for your characters. Which is, if you've played Oblivion, if you've played Morrowind, this yeah, is to man. be expected. I love these freaking it's it's the same thing again as we've seen the races in the other ones only much more detailed and they look freaking awesome yeah just great <laughs> okay like i said not gonna waste too much time on that i just wanted to, to show people because i just think it's awesome and again if you if you played morrowind i, I should have had some screenshots from morrowind just to compare for folks in the audience because <laughs> it'd be awesome because again my, my daughter's been playing so we actually have it on the laptop and whatnot and it's like yeah can't even begin to compare the two um but aside from that did you guys see much of skyrim no i actually joe nothing yeah, I didn't see much either, although I know that they had a presence there. I, not, they did. I think their booth was pretty full, but I, nothing new or groundbreaking was really released. Like, they were, they were showing, like, the same, like, you know, stuff that they've been showing, essentially. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, they're not far from releasing, and we've pretty much seen the most awesome that can be. I can't imagine much more awesome than what we've already seen. So, and they had me at that. You know, so I think that we're good to go at this point here. And um, and so let's move on now to another one. However, that really the more we see of it, the better, because it what it's serving to do is actually reinforce at least my opinions that, yes, this is going to be as epic as I thought it was going to be. The combat is still very much the tried and true of what we've seen, but the actual questing and lore is insane. And of course, we're talking about the Old Republic. So I'm going to play this video for the folks in the audience here. Now, what we saw here was mainly some questing just from one character who was playing the Sith warrior who went through some of the initial quests and whatnot. And I know that this is old news to you, Vince, because you've been doing this now. So this is like la-di-da. Who the hell cares about this shit anymore? But for, for Joe and I, <laughs> this was freaking awesome. I absolutely love this. Joe? Yeah, I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> Where to begin? Um, let me let me squee, I guess would be the best way to put it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what else to say, Roger. <laughs> All right. What I liked was, again, they made such a big deal about the fully voiced MMO. Like, I mean, of course, that's their thing. Whereas, again, Terra's got the fast action combat and whatnot. This is, it's the fully voiced MMO and you keep wondering whether or not that's going to make that much of a difference and for some people it won't for some people it's going to be something that actually slows them down because they're the type of player that just pops a quest up it hits accept and then looks at where the arrows pointing and goes but for those of us who actually care what the stories are it's the difference between watching a movie and once I'm when, 
when something important comes up, stopping and having to read a blurb versus watching it unfold before your eyes. And that's what we're seeing here. And I loved as well how they showed the integration of the... Um, the the single player campaign from your class's campaign and how nobody else can affect that but they can join you in your instance but you are the one that's that's in charge and that instance is seamless there was no you know screen load screen or nothing you just you ran through and that's it and now you're in your story and you're in full control and i love that because it does i look at it again as Dragon Age or more so, of course, Mass Effect, Mass Effect MMO, where you are, you know, you're in full control. It is an MMO, but you have this insane questing and lore and story. And so when you're interacting people with people, you're hearing them. And none of this bullshit, at least from what we've heard so far, none of this bullshit where, you know, you get the one actor that sounds like crap and it was probably the guy who cleans out the toilets that they needed somebody to to do a line or something no high quality everybody sounded perfect and that's huge because that's going to immerse you in the game and that's what it's all about so yes i can deal with the combat that we've seen over and over again i mean it's wow combat let's be honest it's target use your abilities and, and 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 hit so it's the same kind of thing we already know but to me that's only a small portion of what this is for me it's going to be all about the story and what i saw here they delivered on that and that's okay now that i'm done the screen it is it's you found your words i found my words um, it's the level of immersion that makes me so happy. The very first time that I got to interact, like when I was playing at PAX East, and the very first time I queued up a quest and got to hear the everything being voiced, like literally everything. You could hear the conversation going on. You can hear it. It actually made it easier to make choices for me personally. Like when I had my different like speech bubbles, it's like, well, this guy sounds like a freaking dick. Okay, I'm going to pick this option. Fuck him, you know, or whatever. Like it just, it added another layer. It wasn't just like flat words on a screen. Like these were representations of how I as a player was reacting to that NPC or that quest. And it was that level of immersion that makes me so happy. And it is a fully, like you said, it's fully voiced. Everything is voiced. It's awesome. It is absolutely ridiculously awesome. And it really, it, it, it not just creating a world, but creating a universe that is vibrant and just, yeah, I can deal with the, the, the light up stick and, and, you know, buffing myself and running in and waiting for cooldowns because the combat is secondary to me to the story. It is just a vehicle to get me to unlock more of the story. And the more I get to talk to the NPCs, the more I get to have that story, the more that I can actually hear it being told and interact with it, the happier I am. And that's what I'm getting here. Well, it's not just that for me, too. It's that the not only are you getting that insane story and, and, and the quality, of course, but you're getting that level of control that we saw in Mass Effect yes. 2 as well as in Dragon Age. Um, although I still feel to a lesser degree in Dragon Age. To me, it was always Mass Effect you, 2 was where you really got to see how the choices that you make have a huge impact on, on everything. Uh, I shouldn't say that. The first Dragon Age, I, I felt the same way too. And that's what I'm seeing here. And to me, that's it's hard to wrap my head around that as an MMO player, to wrap my head around the fact that the story that I'm going to be taking part in, in an MMO, 
is going to change based on the choices that I make. I, I kind of have a hard time accepting that that's a reality and that's actually going to happen. But and from everything we exactly and but that's what we're seeing here. And to me, that's one of the again, it's the story and the choice element that make me then be able to deal with the combat that we've seen over and over again. Is there anything you want to add to this, Vince? Uh, to this particular bit? No. <laughs> You're such a pussy. <laughs> you are. Just that from what, from what I've seen in this video, from I concur. From what I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Friggin' wimp. Grow a pair. Okay, let's move away now to another MMO. Oh, oh what about Hutball? For Christ's sake, you're not deciding what you want to use. It's like, I don't want to talk about anything. <laughs> All right, fine. What do you want to talk about with that? Okay. Uh, let me turn the volume. Yeah. So uh, they revealed their latest form of a uh, PvP war zone at Gamescom. And they've shown off previously stuff like the battle for Alderaan, which is your typical PvP battle. Hutball is completely out of left field compared to that. Uh, it takes place on, I believe, Nar Shaddaa, where a famous hut basically just wants to be entertained. So he he's inviting any of the galaxy's uh, adventurers to come play his sport of hutball. And hutball is you know, a soccer type game. Ball in the middle of the field, goals at either end. Whoever scores the most goals wins. It's takes another step beyond what we've seen in like, uh, you know, the Warsong Gulch type gameplay where you can pass the ball between players. And they've even said, if you hold on to the ball for too long, jerk, it's going to explode. So <laughs> you have to be a team player. There are not going to aren't going to be any heroes. Oh, and by the way, the actual game field was designed by Mojo with yes. flamethrowers, spikes, acid pits. <laughs> the, 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 just, it's nuts. It's completely insane. And I love it. And since it's not the Republic and the Empire fighting over a piece of territory, since it's all for pride, glory, and money, you can actually play Republic versus Republic and Empire versus Empire matches. And you wanted to know why I was very excited about PvP Endgame and the Old Republic. Well, here you go. What I like is, again, that they're they're trying to deliver more for us to do once we hit that max level. And I think that's going to be important. I don't know whether or not, did they say whether this is going to be open up until max level or only at max level? I don't think they really talked about anything about level requirements. And you're in no way, shape or form going to help us with that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what <laughs> I'm liking, though, is that, again, it's that one more thing that we're going to be able to do once we are done. Because they are going to have to make sure that they give us plenty to do with those max level characters. So uh, giving us a different type of of, uh, of battleground, essentially, is going to be something that keeps us occupied for a while, depending on what the rewards are for taking part in these pvp matches uh, whichever ones they have joe anything i got nothing no. okay good let's move on then to another game that we can all talk about <laughs> now it's funny because we've been hearing more about <laughs> just let joe talk please here hold on one second it's funny because unfortunately this does two things for me it, it confirms yet again that this has the potential to be so much fun to play however it does not show us nearly enough in terms of 
the story and what the game is going to entail. It's all well and good to have great combat and fun play style, but if there's nothing wrapped around it, then it's not going to be any fun to play. It's going to be boring. So it didn't give us enough of that, I feel. Now, they may have had more information during GamesCon that I did not see that did, in fact, talk a lot more about the stories and what's going to be going on and things like that. But unfortunately, this trailer doesn't do that. What it does, however, is sure as shit make you feel as if you're going to spend a couple of hours in the game's creation, the character creation <laughs> alone, trying to set up your papori. <laughs> the papori lancer is confirmed. I'm so happy. Why? Because it's a little guy with a giant fucking lance and a shield, and I'm so happy because I'm totally making one screw healing in this game. I'm going to be a papori lancer. That's fine because I will have a healer, so I'll I'll you can, heal you. You can, can heal my, you can heal my tiny asses. I'm running and charging stuff it's, with a giant stick and shield. It's gonna be a freaking mystic though, so I don't know how well he's gonna heal. That's but fine. I I will try. Honestly, though, the character creation made me very happy in the Gamescom coverage like video. I was very excited just to see the the level of detail that you could put in there, and the fact that the character classes seem to be intact at this point, especially because. It's getting to the point where they're going to be releasing that beta sometime soon. Um, I'm excited. I like. I, I want to know more about the story and the depth and how everything is linked together. Um, but at this point, I know that for the very least, I'm going to play this game uh, at least for that first month because I have to play a Paporia Lancer. The, the one thing I brought out of this, and uh, this is, of course, the European version, which is being done by a different company than the North American version, but enough of it is going to be the, the same, is just how easy it is to pick up and play the game. How, especially since the person playing the game doesn't speak German and the entire game was in German. Oh, totally so, good, yeah. yeah, just with the 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 UI and what he had in front of him, he was able to look freaking awesome in combat and just have a blast with it. And that's cool how it, it's so different from what we've done in an MMO before and yet still very accessible. I thought that the, again, your your character creation reminded me very much of, again, it's an NCSoft game, or sorry, not NCSoft, but it's very similar to the NCSoft game in terms of the, um, the character creation. It reminded me very much of Ion, that you had so many choices of how you can do everything with how they looked. I mean, especially when you're looking at the options for the Papori, and oh my God, there's so many different things that you can do with them and how they look. And... I think that that's important. It, it's great when you play a game where not everybody looks exactly the same, which unfortunately, when you're looking at, wow, damn near everybody looks the same. So I like this. And what I liked was that the, again, the combat is as cool as we'd expected that it was going to be. It is unbelievably cool going in and having the the targeted system where you have to target and where you have to actually take part in the fight. That's huge my god i'm looking forward to that so and and i love the freaking blood when yeah. he's slicing <laughs> apart things and there's actual blood and it's like oh my god how long have we waited for that there's actual that's gonna, i think that's a, a western thing mainly too which i think is like a convention that they've added in for that because i know that the uh the korean version will not have it Okay, well, that I don't care. <laughs> as long as it's here, I'm fine with that. But I like that because, it, again, you're hitting something. There should be freaking blood. So I like that. I The combat was really cool. The, the questing that we saw was 
typical of questing that we're used to. So it was nothing spectacular, nothing different, really the same thing, which again is the same thing as when we're talking about the old Republic where it's the fightings are the same, but the questing is different. This is just the reverse of that. So as long as the monthly fee is not exorbitant, I think that I can balance the two games together very well. At least until Wildstar comes out. Yeah. Dude, but Wildstar owns my heart. I did. <laughs> it's as simple as he's that. Gonna out, he's going to play it while wearing his Jane hat. Oh, dude, I will. I hadn't even <laughs> thought of that. My Jane hat is actually right here. I keep it by my desk. Um, one of the other videos that I saw was for Batman Arkham City. And I can't pull it up for the audience. I apologize because it's actually not working. But I, I did get to see it. I don't know. Did you guys get a chance to see it? No, nah, the link was broken and yeah. Kotaku was so full of fail, I couldn't even find it. Okay, it is freaking awesome. And I'll tell you why. Basically, it's just a couple of people having a race as Batman on two different screens, two different consoles running the game to go around Arkham City in a race using their bat hooks to 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 pull themselves to different buildings and gliding and everything around Arkham City, basically showing you the scope of how big the city is. And it was unbelievable. It was, I will try again to find the, the, the link so that I can have it in the show notes. If not, I apologize, folks. But again, what it did is it, it impressed upon me how big Arkham City is going to be for the game, for you to go around and do shit. And then they also talked about, uh, they showed uh, 3D game mode because you could see that one of them was wearing 3D glasses while they were looking at the, the screen, which means that the game is going to be in 3D, which again, we've kind of had discussions about that in the past. And I think that on a good screen, and if it's done properly, I would love to see it. Okay, I, I I would really enjoy seeing what they can do with good 3D in a game, especially something like this where you're bouncing around freaking Gotham around Arkham City. Oh, dude, I would love to see that. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah, like, and I wish I could see the video because I want to see how big the city actually is. It was impressive that, it, and I think that says a lot right there because yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't just that I looked at it and say, "Oh, they kind of bounced around." It took a little bit of time. No, 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 no. You're watching for a while, and in the back of your brain, you're you're thinking, "Oh my god!" Like it would take a few minutes just to go around those alleys and that there to check everything going on there. Blah blah blah. And like, excuse me, it just keeps going on and on and on, and it was like, "Holy crap!" And hell. Arkham City is huge. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, before we actually wrap up and take a short break here, let's talk about some of the things that were at um, at Gamescom. We didn't cover it all, but I know that we watched some things that weren't necessarily something that we talked about tonight. But there was a best of show thing that was going on on, I think it was IGN, I don't know. But they listed everything there, and they talked about the different games that, they, they, that were prominently displayed at Gamescom. And what did you guys feel was the game that started the show for you not necessarily the game that you're most looking forward to but the game you can say that too but the game that really you feel yeah, the best showing stole the show joe um crap that's a hard one vince you got yours guild wars yeah 
Yeah, just, I, I think out of all of them, I would have to agree. I think Guild Wars definitely did the best. I mean, not just because of their their presence there was absolutely insane. What they showed was absolutely wonderful. That's big. Uh, and that's huge. And that's indicative of the uh, sense of community that, uh, you know, ArenaNet is giving to this game and the events and they've always had a great showing and I think that's kind of huge. So yeah, out of everything that's listed there, I think, I think that's the one that stole the show. For me, it's the same thing too. And for me too is I, I've never hidden my love of arena net and I've talked about guild wars the first one so much and how much I loved it and how much I'm looking forward to guild wars too. So for me, what is most impressive as well is that I have now spent years since the beginning of WoW listening to people slam Guild Wars and trying to impart upon them that, no, it is a good game. You got to give it a shot and try it and things like that. And defending the game, even though, yeah, I play WoW too, but it doesn't mean I can't enjoy them both. And so I've really been defending this game for so long and the company, and I love what they've done. So when... Ever since 2 has been announced and what they've been discussing as they've been releasing various blog entries and whatnot, it has been golden. So when you're looking at something like this, and I mean, we're just coming off of huge conventions, and here they are, and it's like, not enough. Boom! Here. And not only do they have the best presence and the most stuff, but it's freaking quality. And they're showing you shit that, like, again, that that Asura fighting that freaking bone dragon <laughs> is burned in my brain now. And I'm just waiting for the game to come out. And Malagaj, who's in the audience here, actually was at Gamescon. And he was saying, too, that Guild Wars 2 was the best. So it is, in fact, the game that I feel was the best of show. Now, that said, let's look back at that list again now. And this time, what is the game that you are, however, the most excited for based on that list? Vince? Um, man, that's the list tough. is there. I know. It, I, I, it's not like I, you didn't think I was going to ask. Well, I picked Guild Wars 2. Sorry. But um, aside from that, it's not on the list, but we got to put Torchlight in there. Yeah. Okay. Joe? Um, out of just the, the stuff, the one that I'm really looking forward to, I have to see if it's going to be Batman Arkham City uh, for a lot of different reasons. The pure content of it, the build up through the comic books, the fact that it's going to be the last voicing of the Joker by Mark Hamill. Um, those are all kind of huge, heavy things to have in that game. And I think that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Okay. For me, uh, probably absolutely no surprise. As much as I'm really looking forward to Guild Wars 2, which it's quite obvious I am, Wildstar just freaking blew me away. And it was that fun surprise that you sometimes get at conventions. And I love when developers can do that. If they are tight-lipped enough that they can hold on to something until they're done, nearly done with it kind of thing, and then just plop it on your lap and go, here's a freaking lap full of awesome. Let it dance for you. That to me just makes my, it just warms me in special places. And that's what this game did for me right from the initial trailer through to the gameplay through to hearing the backstage stuff with the developers, which was awesome going to their site and reading all of the developer blog entries, which were awesome. These guys sound great. And then seeing how they worked with the audience to do the character creation as well, where the, the audience, 
Kids decided this would have to be a boss as well that they created on the fly with the audience. So this boss is now going to be in the game that they created there at Gamescom. To me, that's a gaming company that is ready to have fun with their audience and create something that's going to be a blast. So they've got me. They they had me at Bunny, basically, is what it boils <laughs> down to. Okay, with that, we're going to take an ever so short break, and then we're going to come back, and we are going to talk about some WoW patch 3, or sorry, 4.3, because there's so much coming in there that is actually going to change a lot of the game. So we'll be back in a couple. Cave Johnson. Cave with a C. Why, I had never met a man by that name. But let's say I had. And let's say I had a bone to pick with the likes of him. Cave Johnson and I go way back. Hypothetically speaking, of course. To when I was not much older than the kid. Now, for my part, I served the city in the war, as you know. But a man like Johnson, he got a nice head start. Born with a silver spoon in his mouth, no doubt. Making fancy shower curtains of all things. Till he earned more riches than the Grand Rail could haul in a week. Then this man decides it's time to go dabbling in matters he don't understand. Starts making science. Make science. Make money, right? Starts testing all sorts of schemes on folks looking to make a day's wages. Even I applied for one of them jobs after coming home from the front with a shot of leg and a mountain of debt. Well, Johnson had the nerve to turn me away like a scumbag at a cocktail party. I got my own start in the sciences later in life, of course. You have to understand that to me the sciences ain't about novelty or convenience. They're about safety, preservation, security. The rippling walls ain't just there to look pretty, although I do admit they were pretty in their day. So while a man like Johnson was all busy chasing moon dust or what have you, I was busy trying to solve the city's problems. Why, the nerve on that man is like none I ever seen. Sometimes when I look around to see all the calamities done, part of me can't help but think. Good riddance. All, hypothetically speaking, as I was saying. I had never met a Cave Johnson after all. Nothing at all to do with a man like that. Are we done? Are we done now? Go for it. All right. And we are back with some more of the Warcraft news. We haven't actually covered too much since uh, since 4.2, and now that 4.3 is on the horizon. There's a lot of things that were announced that really are going to shake things up a lot. Now, I'm going to let Joe cover most of this. However, I, I, I've i got opinions on all of it. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I, I've, you been, do. I, I've been playing again, and I've been having a lot of fun, though it's mainly because I'm trying to do things that I hadn't done before, like working on my Lore Master, so I'm working on a lot of quests get my money's worth out of those collectors that i paid for so i'm doing <laughs> all of those damn quests and i've been having fun with that 
And of course, I've been having fun doing some other things that are going on with uh, some different heroics and whatnot. Now, that being said, I'm just going to cover one of the things and then I'll let Joe tackle the rest. And that, of course, is transmog transmog course. transmogrification. They couldn't depict an easy name. Basically, Blizzard has finally listened to everyone who has said, if DC Universe can do this, why can't you? And they are going to allow us to apply any style that we want, within reason, of course, there's restrictions, to whatever armor that we want or weapon. So if you have a freaking tier two set in your bank that you haven't used in forever, or you can go hunt for it quite easily now because you're an 85, you can apply that style to your tier whatever that you have now. And that is so full of win, it's unbelievable. Basically, they said they're going against their principles that they've had from the beginning, that they want people in the highest level tier to stand out. And the problem now is that it's so easy to get those, those higher tier items that you're seeing everybody looking the same. So they think this is the way to open it up so that it'll open up those those instances and everything that nobody goes to anymore so that more people are going to use them so that they can farm them for basically just the styles. And that works that's a fantastic idea because again we've seen that in dc universe online as well as other games where you can apply a style to an item so people are already joe i know you have planned yeah. what they're going to make their characters look like where they have to go to get those items all back again so that i'm see my main is a druid so basically somebody already did a picture with transmogrification and it was a boomkin before and an after picture and it was the same goddamn boomkin because nothing <laughs> on us changes <laughs> and so that's the pro see your armor all the time that's the problem that i'm seeing right now is unfortunately i never see my my armor or weapon because I'm always in kitty form right now and that's that's just point blank never going to change and and also I will be quite honest I'm in the I don't know if I'm majority or minority because I don't know how most druids feel about it but I hate most druid outfits I don't want to look like a reject bird's nest with shit sticking out of me and branches and feathers and everything else there's no cool armor for freaking druids for the most part so I I'm really, I'm probably going to go with a tier one PVP set that made you look more like a rogue. I remember owning that back, way back in the day, back when Honor decayed, I had that shit. So I'll probably go with that. But I am planning on doing the freaking wolves shoulder things for my freaking shaman. I can't wait to get those. And so it is getting people excited about going back and doing things that they haven't for literally years now. Well, it's. Uh, before I take over, it's the or as I take it over, whatever. It's the fundamental principle. Everybody wants to look different in the MMO. They want to distinguish themselves. And there have been some very iconic pieces of gear throughout all the years that this game has been out. And so allowing people to do that is particularly if it's a set they don't like. Like I personally don't care for the Shaman Tier 12 gear. I'm so so looking forward to having a different set of gear that it's not even funny. I just want my same stats. So that said, um, there are certain restrictions on the transmogrification. Armor can only be made into armor of the same type. So male to male, uh, cloth to cloth, plate to plate. You can't okay. have your... 
I'm going to stop you right there for one question, for just one question, and you may not know this or not. Have they yet said whether or not there's going to be any leeway set aside for those special event items that are always cloth, whether it's your, you know, your chef hats, your Valentine's Day dress or things like that? Are they going to allow those to be used? They haven't said anything about that. Okay, we need to know that because we need to know whether or not you can go from a male chess piece to a Valentine's Day dress. Because, dude, I want to do that. Okay, <laughs> that's what my dude would I honestly, look like. I honestly don't think they're going to do that because everything that they've listed seems to be functional items, not just you know cosmetic stuff, purely cosmetic stuff like the Haliscan outfit. Because if I could raid in the Haliscan outfit with the Haliscan sombrero, uh, yeah, my dwarf would be dressed up like a friggin' Mexican uh, Toreador all day long. <laughs> But okay, so that's what we got. So you can't have your plate wear. It looks like he's wearing cloth and you can't have your cloth wear looking like they're wearing plate. Okay. Weapons can look like any other weapon of the same type, which means an axe awesome. can look like any axe. Um, so one-handed axe can look like two-handed axe. Two-handed axe can look like a one-handed oh, axe. Oh, you sure about that? That's what they said. That's what uh, they said. The only exception that they said was that guns, bows, and crossbows will yes. be the only exception. I think that no, a two-handed... They, they said that you could not make... A sword look like a dagger. You cannot make a dagger look like an axe. It has to be in the same family. They have not said anything other than the initial post where a one-hander can look like a two-hander. I'm okay. I'm not gonna argue with you, but my money's on. It's going to be my money is probably like, but I'm just going with what they said so far. Okay. Okay. Keep going. um, The again, supposedly the only exceptions for cross-classing will be bows, cross gun or crossbows, guns. uh, Basically, the range weaponry. Uh, can you make it look like whatever? You have a bow, you can make it look like a gun. You have a gun, you can make it look like a bow, which is great for me because every freaking weapon my hunter has will always look like Rock Lidar. Um, I want the freaking gun. I found the gun I want. It's the one, I believe it's in Shadowlands, and it's a, it's a, a freaking orc that drops it, and it's the one that has five barrels. Don't ask me the name. Yes. I don't know. Yes, That's no, the one. It, it looks like a... Shadow Labs. Yeah, it's a handgun, it looks like, but it's got five barrels. That's what I want. Sold. Okay, um, it's... <laughs> The entire process is going to cost gold. Um, it is going to have a fee associated to it, just like reforging does. Um, the final cost is not specified, but it will will cost you some of your hard-earned WoW money. It's going to be the new money sink. You're not going to buy a giant teak bag this time around, folks. Instead, you're going to, to look like whatever the hell you want. I'm okay with that. You can also undo... Anything that you've you've changed or transmogrified, um, and you just like reforging, you can undo it. And also, none of the legendary weapons can be redone. Boo! No, it makes sense, and I understand why. I don't care. Boo! And, 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 I'm with Vince. They want those. They want those to remain iconic items that are you know difficult to obtain, so that not everybody's running around with them. Fine. Um, especially with some of the ones that are easier to get right now, like Hand of Ragnaros. I can farm the entire place myself and then get it. Then pull them out of the game. Make the people who earned it previously eh. still be able to use it. Eh. But I can understand that restriction, whether or not it will stay a restriction because the thread currently was at 80-something pages on the forums uh, bitching about that, so we'll see. They've caved yeah, but- before, they'll probably cave here. You know what? If you work to get it because you want that style and you take the time and you actually go and you get it, then... You should be able to use it. I mean, you did the work to get it. Why not be able to use it? No, and I understand completely. 
Um, but we'll see. Um, there are more important rule or there are more important stuff and, and other things to talk about besides just being, you know, a tranny in game. Um, oh, come sorry, on. guys. <laughs> Can I interrupt one second? Because I, I pulled up the actual Blizzard blog post for the transmogrification. Go for it. And sneaky death knights can't make that breastplate look like a cloth robe. And you can't make cannot make a one handed axe look like a two handed axe or transform okay, a sword's nice appearance hand, into that of a mace. I stand just, corrected. No, no, I just so our, our listeners know. So anyway, <laughs> uh, the thing the that other- is one last thing. The other thing with this is going to be and it leads into let's move into the, the void storage. Um, what's going to happen is that you're going to spend some time farming these old dungeons to get the tier piece or whatever it is that you want for your item you're not going to want to destroy that item after you do the transmogrification it doesn't get destroyed but you don't want to destroy it either because the next time you upgrade your shoulders that style is gone you're going to have to go through the same process with that new item which means you're going to be now hanging on to a lot more items than you did before if you want to retain those styles especially if you're the type of person that likes to rp and wants to kind of have several styles on the go or whatever you're going to need a lot more storage because you're going to want to be hanging on to a lot of older styles to see what they look like i got to tell you myself even now whenever i'm because again i'm doing the lore master stuff so i'm finishing quests right left and center because i go through them so fast and then i'm doing a lot of the dungeons for the achievements as well and whenever i'm getting drops now I'm checking what they look like to see if it's something that I want to hang on to for when transmogrification goes live. So that then leads to the void storage, which is going to give us a lot more options, but at a freaking hefty cost. Yeah. Every time you put a you're going to have 80 new slots of storage now uh, through the ethereals, which we're going to be setting up shop called void storage. The void storage will allow you to uh, essentially um put whatever you know whatever item you want in you know their space for as long as you want but every time you deposit and every time you withdraw there is a cost associated with it and for some of us that's okay some of us that's not okay it's, it's not it, it's it a money is so game. not okay a hundred oh my god krizik agrees with me it's that 100 is a ridiculous amount to ask people to give you for to take in and out all the time. Every time it's going to cost you that much. You can't justify that. Well, in a certain way, you can. The average player has somewhere around 15,000 gold now. So That's, what? So it is something that where, you know, okay, and where are you pulling this number from your ass? I ask anybody who's been actually actively playing the game, Roger, and they have a ton of gold like that. I have the low end and I'm now at 25K. I think it's ridiculous. Jesus. And you won't give me any money for startup on the new realm. Shame on you. You haven't asked. He didn't. He didn't accumulate that 25,000 by handing out. Damn it. He's a cheap bastard. He won't give me a vial of sand. Cheap freaking. I'm not spending 45K Uh, on your ass. Cheap bastard this is anyway, second, getting back second time awesome i pay stuff. to move to your realm of roger fiend you know feeling butthurt about a violent god sentence. 50 bucks but, i've spent but your anyway, but i think it's will, too much i think okay. I, i'm not done with this 100 gold is too much <laughs> it's freaking stupidity to be charging your players that much money it doesn't make sense it, and 
the thing is, is that I'm looking at this again. It's the same thing as a lot of crap that we're seeing in this game. I'm sorry, but there's a lot of stuff that I love, a lot of stuff that I hate still about the way that they're doing things. And it's the cheap, simplest way of, of the solution to a problem. Players overall have too much money. Let's just here avoid bank. Okay, we need them to spend money real fast. 100 gold, 100 gold for every transaction. Like, it's just instead of creating a lot of new items that you can buy with that gold, instead of creating a lot of new options for your professions, instead of, you know, there's so many things that they could do that would actually, you would have more of an interaction with and, and it would mean something. No, it's a hundred gold per transaction for the bank. You know, it's, it's cheap, it's lackluster bullshit, and I, I'm really not impressed. Okay, now okay. you can move on. That's fine. Um... Now, the items in the void storage probably are basically going to be for people that want to just have those stuff scrolled away, which, you know what? I'll gladly pay for it. You know what? Me personally, I have a ton of shit I need to clear out of my bank that I don't want to get rid of, but I want to have access to just in case. Not gold now, friends. What's that? Nothing. What's that? Nothing. Go on. What's you that? were saying? Do you need something for your butt? Is it hurt? No. Anyway. Not at all. Uh, also with the patch are going to be three new five-man dungeons and a raid, um, which will basically represent the end cap of patch 4.3 in Cataclysm. One of the instances will be Caverns of Time for War of the Ancients, which I'm actually very excited about. It's an iconic part of Warcraft lore that will be made available for players to experience and make sure that essentially the war plays out as it happened. Uh, the, the Abyssal Maw instance, which people have been asking about, will not be making an appearance because the story of it um, does not currently fit into the game. And it wasn't something that they wanted to bookend or, you know, feel that they had to cram in without having it being properly prepared. Um, my personal note, I'm still pretty sure that Neptulon ran off to marry the squid uh, somewhere in Vegas at the end of the Throne of Tides. Just throwing that out there. The new raid will be the final raid of the expansion. The players will be facing off against Deathwing himself. During the encounter, players will spend time actually riding on Deathwing uh, while he is what we can assume will be likely when he's flying. So essentially, they're giving us a Mega Man style boss fight at this point, which I'm really excited about. Um, I would assume that it's probably going to be one of the first phases where we have to bring him to ground. That's my personal theory, where the raid is on his back trying to hack off scales and, you know, take pot shots at him and really really awesome concept as far as i'm concerned of riding on the back of an aspect trying to kill it um there's also going to be an inclusion of this the raid finder people have been using the dungeon oh. finder to run uh to run their different instances with uh you know random groups of people there will be a raid finder in patch 4.3 uh, it will work just like the Dungeon Finder does now. Players will select a role and then will enter a queue in which they will be matched up with others seeking to do raid content. Um, this could be the first steps in opening up the way for real ID raid invites. Um, in that respect, Roger may actually get his chance to become a fire kitty. Okay, hold on. I thought that that was going to be in it. I thought, you no, lying that, sack of shit. I sh didn't lie. You, you, you didn't said it was going to be, no, you said it was going to be in 4.3 that you <laughs> could invite me and I'd get my fire no. kitty staff. I said maybe if they put it in there. I, you don't read what I write. You it's not writing. I'm talking about you what you read. told me. You, you just oh, you never read. bastard. Oh, also, by the way, there's going to be a new Dark Dark Moon Fair Island with a bunch of new activities like whack a gnome. Who doesn't like to hit gnomes with sticks? All right. Vince, you're not even playing anymore. You got anything to contribute? 
Um, just out of curiosity, if you know, Deathwing is coming up in the very near future, what the hell are people going to do for the next year? They're Same thing as they did after Lich King. Well, yeah. think about it. Well, no, think about it. They've been saying that they want the new cycles um, to be. They said that out. two expansions ago. <laughs> they no, they really pushed it home for this one. They wanted to see if they could do it with Cataclysm, I and so far, believe it when I see it. Well, we we we'll see what's happening. We're probably not going to get it before uh, BlizzCon. I'll be honest. I think that the raid content will not be released until after BlizzCon's there, which will put it right on par. We'll probably get about six months of Deathwing, and then we'll have the pre-expansion events for the next expansion, uh, which will likely be announced at BlizzCon, and that's what people will be doing. I think that that's what's going to happen. Personally. See. I'm thinking the same as Vince. It's we've seen it too many times now to think that it's going to be different now. It's going to be there's there's, it's the pre-expansion, you know, lull where people stop playing for months because they've done the same thing over and over again and they're 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 done. And then they wait until the expansion comes out. I, I see no reason why it's going to be different, any different with this one. But you seem to think it will. I, okay, I'm I'm being hopeful. You're I optimistic. Have I have to. I, I think that being optimistic when it comes to Blizzard right now is a risky business. Now, with that, we're actually going to call it a wrap for tonight. The show ran a little bit long, but we had a lot to cover with Gamescom. There is a link in the show notes that you're going to definitely want to check out. And this is Tarts actually puts me onto this this morning. It is the Portal Proposal. <laughs> now, this is so full of win, I cannot even begin to describe it, folks. Basically, this guy, Gary Hudson, commissioned levels, okay, for Portal 2. So now, and not only when you're listening to this and watching the levels, you're saying, wow, this is pretty awesome. The, the voice acting for Gladys is bang on. There's a reason it's bang on. That's the freaking voice of Gladys. So these Portal 3 levels were done, got his girlfriend to play them. And then when you get towards the last level, there's a point where Gladys actually mentions the woman's name. Now, this is me. I cannot imagine being sitting there playing these all excited in it and hearing my name because at first it's just the first name but then after it's the first and last name and i'm going oh my god i would freaking drop the controller <laughs> seriously i would have that girly Sound moment of be like, oh i would <laughs> and it's a proposal it is awesome there's the entire video it is in the show notes once the uh, show goes live you definitely want to check it out i think this guy wins the cake you cannot get any cooler than this for a wedding proposal so just to make sure I, you got this accurate, my girlfriend sent you a picture of a proposal thingy. Yes, she did. <laughs> that, I, I, I actually, I still like the claptrap one better. The claptrap one I was cool. And I, I prefer, well, you know what? I can't say I prefer claptrap over Gladys. Gladys that, that would be Now, uh, that, that being said, if I was the girl in question, this would have been the cooler one. This is, uh, again, the thing that I, when I'm looking at this is I'm thinking, okay, so your boyfriend, you can relate to this, Vince. Your boyfriend gets you a couple of levels and says, here, I downloaded some levels that you can try. They're, they're custom levels. They're mods. Try it out. It'll be cool. You're playing this. You're sucked in because they appear to be freaking awesome. So you're playing these and you're sucked right in. And then at that one point, and as Gladys, it's the same voice so it's, you can't really you can't fake that and then they mention your freaking name i'm sorry but i would drop the controller i would just be like what the hell just happened there and it was full of wind my Anyways. boyfriend isn't that romantic 
well, see, if you had listened to me first, <laughs> considered me, I would I would do this for you. Anyways, we're going to wrap it up at that, folks. You are going to definitely want to check out the show notes for those videos that are all in the show notes. It's a mess in there, but it's definitely worth looking at. But there was so much of GamesCon, and there was so much that was unbearably awesome. Again, you can find us on Twitter at uh, uh, For the Lore, of course. Yeah, that was that was that was not hard. How do you spell that? <laughs> For the lore. And no, then you can find us online at forthelore.com. And you have any questions or comments, you can send them to forthelore at gmail. I should just record this shit. Press a button. When I'm done the show, press this button. Nobody will be the wiser. But anyways, now you know it's live and, and screwed up. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Make sure to check us out. It'll be out on uh, Friday, no no doubt, of this week. And tomorrow we have a fantastic episode of the Comic Book Informer, Vince and myself. So if you are into comics, you definitely want to be checking that out as well. With that, we'll let you go, and we'll talk to you guys next week. One, two, a one, two, three, four. Seriously, dude, what the hell was that all about? Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, tongue. I didn't know you were on strike right now. <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was either the uh, the meds kicking in or the wine. Wasn't sure it's, which. It's both, actually, brother. It's all about me. Just so you could rub our noses in that stupid freaking beta. Look at me, I'm all important. I'm in beta. Millions are relying on me. Asshat. You need to put like a tracker on something. <laughs> <laughs> I've been too busy trying to find a fucking place to live. Are you kidding me? Just some way of knowing where your girl is, is all I'm saying. I can't, I can't pay attention for the bell hung around her neck because I'm way too busy with, you know, for all trying you to find know, a fucking place to live. <laughs> For all you know, Hoogs is in town. <laughs> really? Because he's got a no really blood, nice pet no blood curdling screams of him yeah. dying at her hands yet, so no, I don't think he's in town. Uh, I don't know. She's at the grocery store trying to see what sort of pastry she can fit in her mouth. And cucumbers. <laughs> yes, we, we call it pastry, by the way. <laughs> Did you remove the hut ball? The what? I did not take anything out. I shuffled around, but I didn't take anything out. I'm telling you, I didn't take anything out. I how would I lose it? I didn't lose I nothing. Don't know. I didn't lose nothing. Freaking idiot. FTL should be uploaded to YouTube so you can do the auto caption option to use the kind of that you guys can produce. Let me read that again. No, no. I don't want no freaking mangle what I say. I can mangle my own stuff. Plenty bad. You Give me an option. Give me a you couple of drinks. The, the freaking I sent you the goddamn Oh, I forgot to hit enter. <laughs> That's why I said you forgot to hit enter. <laughs> <laughs> Roger has entered text. Dot 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 wait. <laughs> 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 like the voice of Samus Aran in the latest Metroid game. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of funny. Sorry, Malagaj, they mostly spoke Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, brother, but um, they probably spoke German is what I'm thinking. 
I, I don't know. Is that like a, a special dialect? In, in one like, of the little suburbs? Germany. Like they're just standing around to talk about how cool Germany was. Yo, yo, what the haps? <laughs> Only no, the that cool soccer. kids speak Germany. <laughs> Homeless Joe's game talk. <laughs> That's about Here's what I play you in put, my box. You, I, I you put blues music in the background. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dude, I, I got nowhere to plug I'll in my out, PS3. I'll break out the harmonica dun, dun, and do it myself. <laughs> Had to hawk all my games. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Screw that. Also, woman done left me. Hoogs is in town. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I just spit water on my keyboard. <laughs> hey, are you done? Someone done stole my plastic guitar. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can start. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I don't have to be here for this. I can just, you know, find someplace else to go while you guys make fun of me. <laughs> You got nowhere else to go. There's no other empty refrigerator boxes anywhere. I'll just go drag all my stuff and live on the street. I can get a couple shopping carts. It'll be fine. I need a longer extension cord. Reach down the alley. Okay. I can't go where he gets. Hello, well, welcome to For the Lord of the Zoraja coming to you on Tuesday, August 20th. I can't, dude. <laughs> Is it my silence that's doing this to you? I'm just no, it's your curious. misery. Your misery brings us great joy. I am so happy that you that, that you can participate in Schadefreude. Congratulations. Oh, oh which is like a, if which somebody does from the Germany language. If somebody fell down in <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I couldn't let that one go. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Hooks is all happy. Malagash is taking the heat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't even hear he came, said hello. Yeah, and it took off. Yeah, it's got better things to do, apparently. Yeah, masturbate, whatever. Women to hit on. 
<laughs> Twitter. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello, welcome to For the Lord of This Road. You're coming to you on Tuesday, August 20th. Dude, I has a sad. Oh. <laughs> Are you crying? Uh, damn near. Damn near. Okay. <laughs> Pardon me. Holy. <coughs> okay. We'll edit that up. <laughs> what the hell was wow, that? I'm impressed, huh? <coughs> no. Um, you boys good to go? Yes. Can you give me one second here? Because I got to that. And now that it's out of me, we're good to go. Where's my Skype? I can't even close that. <laughs> Somebody hang up. Oh, there it is. I said the blues really began. This is for Joe. Dun 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 dun. Landlord, he come around. Dun 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 dun. Came around the other day. Dun 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 dun. Said he had enough of my sorry ass. Dun 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 dun. Said if you can't pay, you can't stay. Dun 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 dun. He threw me to the curb. Dun 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 dun. With all of my stuff. Dun 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 dun. Now I'm standing on this here corner. Dun 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 dun. Wondering when life got so tough. Oh, I got. Oh, I got. Boom, ba -dum, boom. The homeless gamer blues. Boom, ba -dum, boom, 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 In the alley, had a Chinese takeout. Donald, don't, don't, found me a refrigerator box. Donald, don't, 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 ran me an extension. Donald, don't, don't, to plug in my Xbox. Donald, don't, don't, through the back door. Donald, don't, don't, don't. To the outlet by the oven. Don't, don't, don't. They'd have never found me. Don't, don't. Had I not taken the gung pao chicken. Don't, 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 don't. Tossed out on my ass once again. Oh, I got a homeless gamer blues. Don't, 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 Figured I'd call up the old girl. Dun, 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 dun. Didn't want her to see me this way. Dun, 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 dun. But what choice did I have? Dun, 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 dun. With Skyrim on the way. Dun, 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 dun. Need to find me home. Dun, 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 dun. By the 11th of November. Dun, 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 dun. Even if it means. Dun, 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 sharing the controller. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I got, oh, I got, oh, I got me. Sad and pathetic homeless gamer blues. Oh my god, that was hard on the throat. <laughs> 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 <laughs>